Hello and welcome back to Ultra Chill. This is season four. And for episode one, we're going to be talking to Ethan Cohen from Revenge. We're going to be covering Web3 Gaming, loot boxes, their game, and much more. Stick around. It's a great episode. Let's get to it. First on our list is the team from Revenge. Welcome, Ethan. Welcome to Ultra Chill. Hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Let's start by talking a little bit about your game, Revenge. What's the core mechanic? What's the game like to play? So right now we have our first game mode, which is uh, fully live, uh, which is our zombie mode. So the core mechanic of the game is pretty simple, is uh, try not to die inside the game. So uh, you're kind of uh, like pursued by uh, hordes of zombies each time, and uh, your goal is to survive as long as possible and discover a uh, hidden Easter egg that we uh, put in inside the game. Would you consider the game more action or story-driven? Uh, both. We tend to uh, have our games and uh, really story-driven. It's not just a game where you can play. It's really a story that we tell to the, our users. So uh, it's kind of a playful game, for sure, but it's as well action and storytelling uh, in uh, both ways. You can enjoy the story as long as you enjoy the game. So we did both. Like There's like really two camps of gamers today, and uh, a lot of games, you know, like Fortnite, fully multiplayer and then you have games like i don't know like civ or whatever that are fully single player i mean like where where, where does revenge fall in that so spectrum? We, we follow both spectrum we know that multiplayer is kind of the the most appreciated games at the moment uh because you can play with your friends and it's really a, a fun gameplay to have so we did both right now the zombie mode for example is a, a single player mode which we will uh, adapt in a co-op mode in the next uh, months so uh we also uh let's say learned by our audience that it's kind of a uh, good experience to have both. And end of this year, we're having our team deathmatch mode, which is fully multiplayer, where you can enjoy your friends uh, playing against other opponents. So we did both and we're also working on a campaign mode, which should be really soon, which is fully story driven uh, and action uh, at the moment and also a little bit of adventure mode inside of it. So uh, we, we gathered kind of both. We really want our audience to have like kind of a let's say a whole wide uh, of options to play on our game. So that's why we did single mode, multiplayer, and as well, different game modes as well. So we have the zombie mode where you can enjoy like a uh, survival mode. You have the team deathmatch mode, which is for the action and uh, FPS shooter. Uh, you have our battle royale, which is a hundred percent against each other and you need to survive. And the last one that survives, like, you know, wins the game. We also did a full competitive mode where you enter with your wallet since we are a uh, Web3 uh, game. And uh, if you, let's say, succeed inside the game, you can take other uh, person's wallet and uh, they can lose all their assets inside. So it's kind of a hardcore mode, but it's a mode that should be really cool to play. It's, it sounds like you guys have kind of like mapped out like what you want to build for, I, I, I'm guessing it's like already two years worth of com uh, features and components that you want to like tack on to like what you have right now. Is there a lot of like talk with the community, like back and forth about uh, what you want to build first, you know, what's most important to them, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So what we did is we were supposed to um, launch our uh, avatar collection in the past uh, months. But the thing is with the NFT market, it was kind of complicated for us. So we uh, with that uh, avatar, you had the opportunity to decide uh, which uh, next game features we create for you guys. So the players were were kind of uh, the creators of the game. That's the whole point of the whole Web3 space. It's really, we want our 
players to own our game actually and we know they own their assets there it's uh it's kind of usual in every single game uh, out there for now but we wanted to go much more further than that and have them own their uh, the game as well so they decide exactly the next game features the next game rules so each uh, two weeks we will give like a, a unique uh, DAO where they will tell us exactly what they want inside the game. So let's say, for example, one week we're going to be telling them uh, which type of uh, new map you want inside the game and we create them for them. So that's how we made it. And uh, we were we were going to be doing it uh, without any avatar or NFT needed. So it's just one opinion for the community. So we create the game that they like and that they will play uh, all the, each time and uh, we will adapt it as they tell us. I think that that uh, idea of a game that develops because of what the players want is really appealing, like very, like, you know, like conceptually it's appealing. I think it's also appealing for users because like when, when you talk about games, they have kind of like this like typical life cycle of like, you know, the first few, I guess, few months is like where the amount of players peak, right? And then it kind of like falls off over time as like new games come out and then like people go and play those. But if you have like an engaged, loyal audience that's like, they're voting on like what gets built and why, I mean, I would imagine that that peak is more of a plateau than a complete fall off because of that. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you need to like think about it and you say like, who plays our games? It's the players who decide exactly what you do. So we, uh, we let's say, work for the players. So at the same time, it's much more easier to tell them, like, tell us the game you want. We create it for you guys if you like it. We're going to be releasing it and you tell us each time where you want to adapt where you want to go and what's the direction you want the game like what are the things you want to see in new games what what's what do you want to see in new game updates and that's how we made it so i think it's much more let's say a more intelligent way to uh to think for uh the next uh era of games like for web3 games and especially right now with where web3 is not as uh, let's say as popular as it should be for gaming uh, I think it's the best thing for us uh, right now to do, uh, rather than to uh, create a game uh, that they invested on without, without playing, and then two years after release a game that uh, they don't like, and then uh, completely uh, ran out of business because we didn't create the good games that they wanted. So, I think their advice is the most important because they're they're the ones who are going to be playing the game each day, and uh, they should be the ones who kind of conceive it. I, I guess I'll like I'll divert for a second and ask kind of like the question that's on everybody's mind. Web3 and blockchain in general has like had pretty long bear period now. Why do you think people aren't as interested in Web3 gaming as we expected, say, two, three years ago? For sure. I think there was too much speculation on the NFT at the moment and crypto. So uh, I think it's time to kind of settle down. Uh, Is everybody about it? And as well as the security, uh, which uh, people are really afraid of right now in crypto, we know it's pretty complicated out there. But I think it just needs some uh, some kind of a correction between uh, the security, the let's say adaption, because crypto, whether we can say it or not, it's pretty complicated to understand and uh, easy and complicated to start as well. So you need to create a wallet, you need a seed phrase, uh, you need to uh, write down a seed phrase and not lose it, and it's kind of pretty complicated. And we need to like really facilitate those uh, those methods and have really a clear thing. It's really easy to do. So you have your name. Let's say address email like like your normal uh, let's say application and uh, and then you can get going so that's what we're looking for uh let's say the ongoing process should be really easy for me to uh to onboard all the users and as well for the 
the traditional gamers, which are really stuck to uh, stick to Web3. And uh, they need to understand that it's really important to have their assets that they fully own and not that the company owns, because once the company shuts out the game, all the, let's say, achievements that you've done on that game is fully gone. And that, I think, is really uh, useless. I played games for, I think, all my life. And uh, each time that the games like, start to uh, kind of get old, it gets to a point that you don't want to play it anymore and you use all everything that you worked on is that game you lose it directly and i think it's really a shame so i think having nfts that you can really like trade you can loan uh you can sell them you can buy them as well to other players i think it's the most like fun way to play and as well i think it's a real uh let's say uh advantage inside gaming your game has a core Web3 component, you know, like in collectibles. And I, you guys are calling it Smash to Earn, which I think is excellent. There are loot boxes and powers and weapons available. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? For sure. So uh, inside the game, what we did is uh, to have a sustainable economy, we directly rewarded the player with NFTs. So let's say you win a game, uh, you're directly rewarded by NFTs. And then we have another model, which we'll talk, I think, later. But for now, the, the NFTs that we have in our game are loot boxes to earn, like, uh, if you're lucky, uh, a good weapon, uh, good powers, good skins, and then you can buy them individually. So we have our uh, skins, which are avatars, which we have should launched. We have our weapons, which uh, are all unique weapons. So it's not, uh, let's say you have one uh, scar and it's uh, like 100 players can have it. It's really each and every weapon are uh, unique. So, for example, you have like uh, a silencer in one, uh, the other you don't have. You have a red color on that one, you don't, and uh, the other doesn't have it. So it's really unique styles. And then we have powers, which really helps you throughout your gameplay. So you have speed, which uh, increases your speed by 50%. You have uh, the shield, which helps you have more life. You have another health, uh, health life, let's say, if you die. Uh, you can fly inside the game. So we really added multiple powers that are really cool inside the gameplay and as well. Uh, are available in multiplayer to have like a whole, let's say, um, a really fun gameplay to have. It's not something that I get the opportunity to talk a lot about on the show, but game design itself is quite interesting. And I think that in the context of uh, Web3 gaming, it's very complicated. And because of that, very interesting. There's a lot of like balancing aspects in every game, but in Web3 in particular, there's a lot of balance that needs to be kind of achieved. Um, how do you really balance a multiplayer game in the Web3 space where players can kind of like buy their way to success? So what we did is we uh, kind of balanced the games each time. So we know that we have, uh, let's say, different types of players. That's for sure. In every single game, you you have those types of players. So you have the casual players, which just come in and just have fun uh, and play a little game. You have the whales, since we have a Web3 game. and. They are the owners of the biggest NFTs, for example, like the one that are uh, the most cost worthy. And uh, those persons want a sort of, um, let's say, return on their investments. So we balance the game like every single game out there. Like, for example, Call of Duty, they balance the game as well because you have players that are really, uh, let's say, strong inside the game and have the best assets. So if you concentrate all the biggest wells inside one game and uh, two casual players, the two casual players will leave because they're going to be like uh, it's in impossible to compete between uh, those players so each game is balanced uh, for the players to have like an equal uh, level between each and every in a, each and every uh, single player so uh, 
you can have like for example in a game of uh eight players you have like two wells inside of it uh, four casual players and uh another two kinds of other players and that's what we did it because if you put too many wells inside it it's going to be impossible to compete with them and if you put too many uh, casual players uh that are against each other it's not going to be fun for them to play as well so it's kind of a game balancement that we did over there Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we have four different rarities for the loot box. So we have common, rare, epic and legendary. So each and every single uh, loot box uh, guarantees you a weapon of uh, that rarity. So, for example, if we have uh, an epic loot box, you're going to have no matter what inside of it, an epic uh, weapon. And then all you have uh, additional is uh, just additional for you guys. So you have, for example, powers that you can uh, have inside the epic loot box. You can have coins that you can earn on it and also skins. So it's kind of a uh, loot box are really the cool assets to have. It's also comes with a pretty cool uh, animation when you open it. And it gives you as well a badge as sort of, uh, since it's our first NFT collection that we launched, it also gives you a badge on your avatar that tells you that you're kind of an OG for us. So it's uh, kind of cool as well. I think in general, loot boxes are an interesting concept. I, I know that like in some places in the world right now, uh, there's some regulation that's in the works uh, because they feel that you know loot boxes are gambling of a sort, right? Um, one, I'm actually curious what your thoughts are on some of those regulations. And secondarily, I'm curious on what you think the user's perspective are on loot boxes. The, the human body always likes that kind of surprise. You know, each time you have something, and if you know you can have something uh, like better, you're going to go for it. So that's uh, that's as well have the human uh, body thing. So uh, I think it's an additional thing for us. And I think it's a cool thing for us that you don't like directly, uh, when you buy something, you know exactly what you buy. With the loot boxes, you have like kind of a single surprise. You have a stressful uh, method as well. And I think it's pretty cool. So I think we should keep it. Uh, for sure, we're going to keep it for, but for the other players uh, that uh, other games that are kind of uh, septic about the regulation, maybe it's just another word that we need to call them, but that's it. I think that's it. So, so this is the thing that like, I don't know about you, but I collected Magic the Gathering cards, and Pokemon cards at some point in my life. And like you buy those packs, right? And like, you, you don't know what's in them. And to my mind, sometimes you get like a really valuable card. Sometimes you don't. That's gambling in every way. And the fact that it happens digitally, I, I just don't really see the difference. It feels like regulators splitting hairs. It's exactly the same thing. So that's why I don't understand as well. But for me, it's the same thing uh, that Pokemon cards as well. It's a really good example, but you kind of get that stress. You know, you're like uh, hoping for uh, something excellent and then you get something bad. But it's super fun. It's the good thing about it. That's that's what you like. But the thing is, they think it's kind of a, uh, let's say, it's kind of a gambling issue because you want more each time. So you say, oh, maybe not this pack, but maybe the other pack, I'm going to get something good. And then you go again, again, again. And it's like a kind of a... Uh, a circle where you're just going to buy and buy and buy and buy. But I think that's the good thing about it. You need to stop and you need to uh, to get your mind on it. But I think it's it's the good thing to have. It's uh, it's pretty cool. All right, Ethan, last question for today. I wanted to talk a little bit about you guys' future roadmap. Your team has been pushing forward pretty hard and adding new features to Revenge. What's the biggest feature that you're excited for in 2023? For me, it's a team deathmatch mode, for sure. We're, uh, 
we're working on that and i think it's going to be uh, extremely huge we are we're working really hard to have them the team death match mode uh, like as perfect as possible and i think in web3 with the economy that we're working on because it's kind of a betting thing that we did uh inside the, our game so each player puts down one uh, token and uh, creates a reward pool and the, the team that wins take the reward pool of the other team so i think it's going to be i think really massive what we're building i think is the next team deathmatch that could really like revolutionize gaming and we really hope on it because we're really re working really hard to make it really perfect all right, Ethan, uh, I really wanted to thank you for your time and your expertise. Talk to you soon. Thank you.